0: Feeling anxious and overwhelmed? Jesus Listens is a wonderful way to bring peace, joy, and hope into your life. This 365 Daily Devotional Prayer Book by Sarah Young contains short, heartfelt prayers based on scripture. Jesus Listens is available wherever you buy books.
1: God will send you where He needs you to go. And it's been a joy for us to watch God bless people through our music and through our presence because we pray before every show, God, just allow us to be the vessels. May nothing that we say be to glorify us. May it all be to glorify you.
2: Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Our guests this week speak to living a life where they're seeing things they never thought possible come to fruition and how faith factored into those events. From singing in small-town church choirs to receiving the golden buzzer on America's Got Talent, country trio band Chapel Heart never thought they'd be where they are today, playing music for audiences all over the country and sharing their faith. Andy Partington, author of Hope in Addiction, grew up in a rehabilitation center where his parents worked. He discovered from a young age that recovery from addiction is possible no matter what your story and found his passion for helping addicts see there is hope in christ for a better future let's start with chapel heart story
1: hi i'm danica i'm tree and i'm devin and, and we're chapel, chapel heart. heart we are chapel heart we're a family band and it's Me and my sister and our first cousin, it's always been music for us. We grew up in a big family and our grandparents had 17 children and there's 108 cousins. And it feels like the number just keeps on counting. (laughs) But growing up, we just always remember there being so many people around for, for everything, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you name it. There was always tons and tons of people and that was really life growing up for us. It was church seven days a week. We were usually up there with our grandmother either cleaning or we were a part of what was going on. It was all things church, all things family. And I think Tree says often that it feels kind of like we grew up in a musical because it doesn't matter what the occasion was. If it was church, if it was Easter, if it was a birthday party, if it was a wedding, there was always music, which I think is where our love for music comes from. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a type of music in particular. If you get in the car with us, you get in the van or bus with us, That it, it's like an iPod shuffle. You never know what you might hear. And I think that's the beauty of it has cultivated us to be the artists that we are today.
3: To kind of give you the backstory on the name of the group. So we're from Poplarville, Mississippi, but inside of Poplarville. There's a smaller community called Derby. And inside of Derby, there's another community called Parts Chapel. And that's where all of the family lives and where we grew up, our home church is there. And so when we were coming up with the name or trying to come up with the name, we we wanted something that meant something to the three of us. And we went through probably a million different names and ideas, and none of them seemed to really click or stick. And then after going through so many names, our manager was like, Well, what about Chapel Hart? At first, we just kind of laughed at the idea because we we're like, Chapel Hart, that's funny. But then, you know, after we really sat and thought about it, it was like, You know what? Growing up in Hart's Chapel really cultivated us into the women that we are today. So it kind of felt like the perfect name.
1: Since America's
0: Got Talent, our lives have definitely changed.
1: When we went to go audition, it was three full days of recording to get those three to five minutes that we were on stage. I tell people, I don't know if we were really prepared for that. So like by the time we got on stage, we were tired. We were like worn out. We'd already been like waiting for two days prior to our audition day. We were nervous getting in front of the judges. It was the Simon Cowell sitting in front of you. And we were super nervous. Once the music started, for us, I think we just kind of like looked at each other and we're like, it's a chapel heart party, let's go. And I think that that's the beauty of kind of being in a trio as well. We get the opportunity to feed off of each other's energy. We were just so proud of ourselves afterwards that we actually did it and we made it there and that we did it. And then getting that, that moment when all five of their hands went down and hit the buzzer, it's even hard to describe without getting emotional because everything that we worked for up to that moment was just like them pressing that golden buzzer was the validation that we needed. It's been a joy for us to watch, watch God bless people through our music and through our presence. Because we pray before every show, God, just allow us to be the vessel. May nothing that we say be to glorify us. May it all be to glorify you. But more than that, may people hear you through what we do and what we say. For us to stand in front of these judges in America and all 4,000 people in the building, and for us to sing our original song, everyone get out of their seats, clap their hands, everyone's chanting Golden Buzzer when there was no Golden Buzzer's left, and you know, it was the most validating moment that we've ever had in our lives, and, and one of the ones that even when we look back or we watch the video back, one that will forever be beyond grateful, our gratitude is forever through the roof for that moment.
0: We've been on the road, just trudging along as independent artists do for years and years now.
1: We're sharing our album Glory Days. Glory Days is a new season for us. We're in this season that we feel like we're getting ready to harvest all these seeds that we've sown the last five years. We're going out on new adventures and new journeys.
3: And in this album, you'll find songs about growing up and experiencing heartbreak. I don't think that any of us could have ever fathomed
0: that the one and only Loretta Lynn would have asked us to redo one of her songs. And I think it kind of just goes back to that feeling of validation and just being seen in the music industry, especially in the country music industry, by having such a legend reach out. generations of country music that has been built upon, you know, her legacy. And we've even seen it translate during the shows whenever you have, you know, two, three, sometimes even four generations of family being able to go and listen to the music. And you can see the grandpa telling the granddaughter about how maybe he met their grandmother, listening to an old Dolly song and creating these new memories and moments with the families. And I feel like Hopefully we're doing it justice, just being on the road and all of the amazing, incredible opportunities that we've been blessed with since the performance has literally been like three lifetimes of dreams just coming true back to back. And it's the beautiful duality and accomplishing like those things because course we've been running non-stop we get tired we get exhausted but you know we also get to meet all of the fans who supported us throughout our AGT journey before and afterwards and we kind of just get to reach even more people and spread that love.
1: I think the biggest and maybe most important ingredient to the recipe of this entire Chapel Heart explosion has been our faith. I feel like everything about this career is just endurance and it's like it's sometimes go to bed at 3 and then you got to turn around and wake up at 5 or 6 and get ready for interviews that start at 7 or 8 so everything is just enduring and our faith has been such a huge part of that and i tell people like we are right smack dab in the middle of our glory days but the thing that we've been teaching along is that during the glory days you're going to have ups and downs like because you're in your glory days and because these are the times of your life it doesn't exempt you from loss and grief and you know, disappointment and heartbreak, all of those things still happen while you're in your glory days. Our faith has been like instrumental in being on this journey. Connect with those daily devotionals that keep you grounded. Stay grounded. Remember to trust in the Lord because like I said, you are not exempt by any stretch of the imagination from hurt, from discouragement, from heartbreak, from grief. There's going to be loss. But we encourage you to just hang in there, to just keep that close walk with God, even in the things that you don't understand. Trust that he's got your path laid out, that the path is there and everything you need for your journey is already inside of you. But you've just got to trust that he'll lead you there.
0: I think what better way to wrap this up than to read an excerpt from this prayer devotional, Jesus Listens. And this is for May 17. It's comforting God. I love to hear you whispering in my mind, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. These loving words are like a warm blanket wrapped around me, sheltering me from the coldness of fear and discouragement. When trouble is stalking me, remind me to grip your hand tightly and stay in communication with you. I can trust and not be afraid because you are my strength and my song. Your powerful presence is with me always. I face nothing alone. I'm grateful that you have promised to strengthen me and help me. Your strong hands support me in both good and bad times. In your dependable name, Jesus. Amen.
2: To learn more about Chapel Heart, check out their new album, Glory Days, and follow them on social media. Stay tuned to Andy Partington's story after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of
0: transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com.
2: Our next guest, Andy Partington, grew up in a rehabilitation center where his parents worked and witnessed from a young age that recovery is possible. His passion to help addicts recover has grown, and he is now the International Director of Novo Communities, which brings hope and healing to families gripped by addiction.
4: My name is Andy Partington. I'm originally from the UK, but have spent a good part of the last 15 years living in, in South and Central America. I'm married to Mickey. We have five kids together, and I lead the work of Novo Communities and Novo Adventures. So Novo Communities is a ministry with a vision to bring freedom to individuals, peace to families, and hope to communities that are gripped by addiction, I had an unorthodox childhood, but it was a wonderful childhood. I grew up at a place called Yeldor Manor, a residential drug and alcohol rehab in the southeast of England. My parents began work there when I was three years of age. And, and in those days, the staff moved on site with their families in order to create a sense of community for the, for the guys on the program. So I spent my childhood in that environment, eating my evening meals with the guys on the program on the school holidays. And I think one of the key things I learned through that experience was the simple reality that recovery from addiction is possible. I was surrounded by men who were emerging from serious long-term substance addictions. And I got the privilege of, of enjoying their company, seeing their capacity, their intelligence, their heart, their love, their vulnerability, and beginning to understand the stories that led them into addiction in the first place. But most of all, there was this real sense of, hey, recovery is possible. It happens best in community, and it happens best when the foundation is Christ and a relationship with him, Addiction can look like, like so many things. At its core, when someone's in the, in the state of addiction, they're experiencing negative consequences from the behavior, from the substance. Addiction can be substance-focused. Alcohol, drugs obviously immediately come to our minds. But of course, behaviors can also become addicting. They, they, they work on the brain in the same way. And so uh, gambling, porn, gaming, shopping, lots of things can take on this role in our lives where we find ourselves unable to make the choice not to do the thing. So really addiction is this experience of losing the power to choose. And actually recovery is discovering again that power to to choose. Uh, Addiction lives on a continuum. Drug overdoses are, believe it or not, the leading cause of death in those who are under 50. Best research suggests that around 40% of our population have a behavioral addiction, so an addiction to something like porn, gaming, gambling. Globally, addiction affects one in five people, and addiction costs twice as much globally as cancer. But on the positive side, It's really important to say that 10% of the U.S. population have resolved a substance addiction. So that's 10% of our population who can say, I'm in recovery. My addiction to drugs, to alcohol, that's in the past now. And I think there's a real story of hope hidden all around us in relation to addiction and relation to uh, the possibility of recovery and life after addiction. We live in an age of addiction Let's talk about addiction. Let's think about addiction and let's work together really to create communities where we have the depth of relationship with one another and the depth of relationship with God, where actually we have a recovery promoting and addiction preventing environment for one another. I think one of the chief misconceptions that we need to address is this idea that addiction and, and addictive behaviors, is it's a simple choice that that the alcoholic wakes up each morning and, and chooses in, in, in the cold light of day to, to keep drinking. But actually, as time goes on, the more you engage in the drinking, the drugs, the porn, whatever it might be, actual brain change takes place. And the way that our minds work changes to the point, not where there's no choice, but where our choices become seriously overwhelmed by these new habits and patterns of of thinking and behavior that we've developed over time. So I think that's one important misconception we need to understand because what it helps us to realize is that when someone's moving along that continuum into a more serious addiction, they need serious help to get out of it. They very often need a change of environment. They need a supportive community. They need protection and space in order to create new habits, new pathways. And, and leave the old ones. Another misconception with addiction is the idea that it's all about pleasure. I was really challenged with this when I was working at Yeldel in my early months there, as I helped one of our residents to leave the program. He was leaving prematurely. He was clear that he was leaving to go and use again. His name was Henry. And as we drove down the Yeldel driveway together, I said to him something like, you know the, the pleasure's not going to last long you you you'll soon regret this decision and he shot straight back at me and he said andy it hasn't been pleasurable for years and i was i was taken aback and humbled really and really the point that he was making and and the the truth that he was communicating is the fact that when we're in addiction it's not about pleasure it's about the avoidance of pain it's about Getting away from something, not moving towards something else. And I think that helps us as we walk alongside those who are in addiction. It helps us to understand what's making them tick, what's keeping them in the addiction. There's a Scottish proverb, which I love, and it's so helpful to us. And it says this, it says, They speak of my drinking, but never my thirst. And as we look at the times we live in and the prevalence of addiction, it's really important for us to ask, why are we so thirsty? Why why are we so desperate as a population for these kinds of experiences? What is it about modern life that creates such a powerful seed bed for addiction? There's all kinds of things that come into play, but I think there are four kind of key landmarks we need to think about. The first one is is a sense of hopelessness uh, amongst our population, a a real sense of what am I living for? The second is a real sense of emptiness that you hear from those who are in and recovering from addiction. Guys will say things like, something was missing, or I felt empty on the inside. And as a population, I think that's a a common experience, just a deep sense of like, there's this God-shaped hole, and I need something to fill it. And these things do an amazing job of filling that hole. And not, not just for what they do for them, themselves, not just for what the drink does for me or the, or the drug does for me, but also for the community that gathers around these experiences and gathers around an addictive lifestyle. Third factor is just the breadth and the extent to which we experience adverse, adversity in childhood there's an incredible link between childhood adverse experiences and adult addiction. And so the extent to which we'll find abuse and neglect and addiction in families and divorce in families, that plays out and and, and creates insecurities. It creates vulnerabilities that in adulthood can easily uh, lead us into addiction. And the fourth factor is really just a sense of disconnection. That, that so many of us more and more from the from the industrial Revolution and now the internet revolution we are pushed uh, apart we're pulled apart from one another and actually we're not we're not made to be alone uh, we're made to be together but at a societal level if we want to ask ourselves why are we seeing so much addiction those are the kind of things we need to think about actually there's tons that we can do as Individuals as churches to help people in addiction to access the support that they need, to access that the practical help that they need, to develop the kind of strategies they need to, to journey out of addiction. So we can help people to engage with celebrate recovery groups, to get to 12-step meetings. We can help people to access counseling services. We can help people to get into a homeless shelter and to, to just get that essential framework and, and basic need met that enables them and creates a platform towards recovery. Uh, there's a lot of that we can do and actually simply by being gracious, welcoming, caring communities of the church we can do it a huge amount to help the person who's, who's seeking to get themselves out of an addiction. We know that a relationship with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is absolutely transformative for our experience of life as well as our, our eternal hope and so as the church one of the things i love about jesus calling is the the voice it takes on and the way in which it helps us to hear directly the kinds of words that the god will speak to us i'm aware of my own life just how important daily time with god is to my well-being uh, my experience of peace my capacity to 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 stay focused and 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 to Really build a life based on hope and based on a relationship with God. And so every bit as much when you're facing an addiction, time with God is just a vital resource. Whether you're in addiction or or you're leaving addiction, God wants to hear from you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to enjoy spending time with you.
2: Andy wraps up his time with us by reading a passage from Jesus Listens from February 26th.
4: Trustworthy Lord Jesus, thank you for training me to trust in you with all my heart and mind. The more I lean on you in confident trust, the more I fully can enjoy your presence. As I relax in your healing light, you shine peace into my mind and heart. While I spend time waiting with you, my awareness of your presence grows stronger and your unfailing love soaks into my inner being. In your holy, healing name, Amen.
2: To learn more about Andy Partington, check out his new book, Hope in Addiction, at your favorite retailer. If you'd like to hear more stories about believing God for the impossible, check out our interview with Paul Cardall. Next time on the Jesus Calling podcast, we'll hear from several country music artists who have shared their stories over the years, including Brett Young, Lathan Warlick, Taylor Lynn, Granger, and Amber Smith. Travis Tritt, and Reba McIntyre, along with her sisters, Susie and Alice. You won't want to miss this special Country, Music, and Faith episode next week. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Jesus Calling Book, on Facebook, and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.